This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Welcome to the GPL Podcast. We're back here for episode number 89. That's right, 89. We have a guest plan to come on tonight. Uh, Dave Schwartz from Channel 11. Um, his wife threw a little surprise birthday party for him, so he's going to join us as soon as he can. So we'll add him on once he is available. Um, Hammy is in Vegas. Um, might be... A little too partied up to join us, but he said if he if he does become available and, and he's not too hammered, he'll join us. But otherwise, it's just you and me, Viggs, until Schwartzy comes on. Yeah, that's fine. You know, it's a big week. You know, you got to have oh. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, got to have the podcast. Um, you know, I think we're scheduled for podcast every week through the end of season right now. I want to say to the end of sept- of, of uh, sorry March. Um, I think that brings us to. I want to say either the week before regional or the week after, something like that. I, I can't quite remember. Um, after that, I'm not sure because, well, I'll just let everybody know. I'm starting to go through this kind of divorce thing. I know it's really exciting. Not really. So I am moving out in April 1st. So I'm a little concerned about the connections and all the internet and all that stuff. So if for some reason the team happens to play well and makes it further which there's no guarantee, I'm not sure we'll be able to put a podcast together. So, you know, we at least know we have it going for about the next month. I want to say about five more shows. But uh, beyond that, I, I just don't know right now. So we'll just keep, uh, we'll just kind of keep our fingers crossed and we'll have to see what happens. I, let me see, if I look at my calendar here, it looks like we have it through at least the 23rd. You know, I could maybe pull off a, a, a 30th show, but we've got it planned through the 23rd, which brings us... You know, just past the Big Ten tournament and pre-regional, you know, if the team makes it. Who knows if that's going to happen. So, Well, let's just take everything one day at a time, one game at a time. Well, that's, you know, that's kind of my philosophy now. You know, it's in my personal life, get one day at a time now. So we'll just have to work with it. Well, well, Viggs, obviously we got a huge week this week. Michigan's coming to town, and we're going to get to that, but... You know, we had a week off, and you know, we just uh, swept Ohio State at Ohio State, and that's kind of a big deal, these. I mean, Ohio State plays us very well. At least they have the you know ever since we got into the Big Ten tournament. For you know, they played their third straight overtime game. You know, they had two back in Mariucci, and then go to uh, go to Ohio State, and then they pull out an overtime win there after Ohio State had tied the game with what point one seconds left. The next night, they, they managed to win without an overtime, but uh, let's kind of go over what what happened there out there at Ohio State. It was, it was at least a move in the right direction, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a, a good result for the Gophers going out there. They'd never won two games at Ohio State. You never know quite what you're going to get at uh, Value City Arena. Uh, it's a big rink, and they don't get a lot of fans there. So, you know, it's up to the team to kind of generate their own juice for that for that series. And I think Minnesota played pretty well throughout the weekend. Um, Don Lucia has gone with these balanced lines the last couple weeks. 
You know, he's got um, kind of one big guy on the top three lines. Kloos has got his line. Fashing's got his line. Uh, Burstett's got his line. And I think those three guys are kind of the anchors uh, for the top nine. And by dividing them up, he's trying to get some balance. And I think, you know, the team went out to Ohio State and played um, a pretty patient game. Um, even when they struggled early in the first game, you know, they stuck with it. And um, they were awarded both nights. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of a it's, it was a big deal. I think you know, like you said, they'd never won both games at Value City, at least not since we started the Big Ten. I mean, I want to say we went out there about ten years ago on a road trip when Ohio State was terrible, and they might have swept then. But in in conference where it's important, they hadn't done that. So, like like you said, it's a big deal, and hopefully, it kind of it built the confidence on them for this weekend. We'll just have to see. Well, Nate Wells is already giving me a hard time for not having Dave Schwartz on right off the bat. He's already claiming it's a bait and switch. But, Nate, I have good news for you as Mr. Dave Schwartz from Channel 11 now joins us. Dave, how are you? I'm good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. You know, I was a little concerned that, you know, you know, we hadn't done any tests. But uh, apparently you've got a party going on there, don't you? I did, actually. It was it was a uh, impromptu birthday party that my wife threw. I did not know that it was happening. <laughs> don't you love that? <laughs> Yeah, well, it, you know, it was nice. I appreciated it. It was nice, and so we're. Uh, and you're yeah, forty this year, and, right? What's that? You're forty this year, right? Uh, I'm close enough. Close enough to forty. Because uh, I remember your close sister. Your, your sister gave you a hard time last year, and what's I just that? went with it. So. Wow! Sounds like it is a party there. It is a party, and they're making fun of me about something. Yeah, probably See you for guys. being forty, which you're not forty. You're what, thirty six, thirty seven. The big three seven. Oh, you're still a young pup. I feel I don't feel so young most days, but you know, dude, I'm forty three. Forty three. Forty three. I'm old. I'll, I'll just I'll admit it. That's fine. Well, I thank you for joining us. Obviously, you, you guys all know Dave from Channel Eleven Sports. You know, he does stories all throughout the week, and then he pretty much hosts the weekend. And you've got your famous bow ties on Sunday. You just got it all going for you, don't you? Well, I mean, if you if you call working all day Sunday and bow ties got it going for you, then you, I am living the dream. I'll tell you that. Well, you are doing some hockey writing though, too, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I, I've been writing for uh, Minnesota Hockey Magazine for a couple of years now, so I enjoy that as well. It is fun to fun to talk about that and fun to get a chance to expound a little bit on some hockey. So it's it's a good time. I like it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we definitely appreciate you coming on. You know, yeah. you were, I know you were kind of concerned you hadn't followed the team as much lately, but you know, for us, it's more about just having a hockey guy on. So, yeah, I, I, you know what? I've I try to watch. I mean, it, it's it's <laughs> the pro, the problem is, and I'm sure you guys have discussed this, is that it just it's not as it, I, I'm not breaking ground here. <laughs> Gopher hockey is not as exciting in the Big Ten as it was when it was in the WCHA. Uh, you are preaching to the choir. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that. It's just no. It's been t- it's been really I, I I get why they made the move financially and so forth, but it's uh, I miss. I'll be the first to say it. I miss WCHA hockey. Well, you're not the only one. I mean, you know, we've been trying. You know. To tell people, hey, it's time to get over it. It's, it's not going to change, but you know our feelings are still there. People are still angry. You know, Vigs. You know, we've talked about this a lot. Still, people are still angry, um, and they're not getting over it yet, are they, Vigs? Yeah, I think there's a lot of apathy with um, college hockey right now, and it's not just affecting Minnesota. I think it's also affecting um, Duluth. 
you know, they're having the same problem with their arena with a lot of no shows. Um, it's just, you know, people don't have that final five at the end of the season to connect with other fans. So you kind of lose that rivalry aspect of, you know, I know their fans. I see the same people every year. So I'm going to talk trash to them the whole year, you know, with the switch to the big 10. <laughs> I don't know anybody from Michigan who wants to talk trash about hockey. <laughs> well, for one thing, you're not going to have Michigan people showing up in, uh, you know, in St. Paul anyway. Yeah, it's very rare. Even when Michigan football comes to Minnesota, there's not that many fans who come with. It's not like Nebraska, where Nebraska football, they bring tons of people to the to the stadium. Uh, Wisconsin football, they bring tons of people to the stadium. Um, there just isn't that traveling crowd with Big Ten hockey. And, you know, We saw some Minnesota fans go out to Ohio State, and you know they stood out because they wear their jerseys and they know the cheers, and, and they get on TV because of it. Well, Dave, we have talked about a lot of this in the past, that what has really hurt the Big Ten right now is Wisconsin. Them being so terrible right now yeah. is not helping Minnesota or any other teams because it's just embarrassing how bad they've become. Well, the whole Big, uh, the Big Ten itself has just not impressed me when it comes mm-hmm. to the hockey aspect of it. You know, you, and you, you look at the, the Gophers are the, big, the best team in the Big Ten. They go outside the Big Ten for a weekend – of the North Star Cup, and and they get run out of the buildings yep. by by the you know by the WCHA and the NCHC, and you know you come back the next day, you talk the next week, you talk to Lucia, and he says, yeah, you know it's it just goes to show you how I'm talking to <laughs> I'm on a radio show right now. Could do you mind if I have a couple minutes, please? That's my daughter, by the way, who's up after bedtime. Um, oh boy! She, I, I just it, it bothers me because you know you come back the next Monday and, and it says well you know what what this tells us is that we really you know we still have a lot of good teams to play in the Big Ten and it tells us how you know we have a really good chance of winning this thing. No, what it tells me is that the Big Ten is garbage, and then you go outside <laughs> the Big Ten and you see that. And you know I don't mean to be so glib about this, but it, it shows it so blatantly to me that you know the North Star Cup it's it's not. It's barely even a rivalry anymore because they can't win. They can't win any of the games. You know, well, and the, the problem it's I have with the, the problem I have with North Star Cup is that it's just that it's kind of a gimmick. There's really yeah, nothing on the line. You know, when when you're playing Duluth and St. Cloud and and all these teams before, it meant something. It was for something. Yes. Yeah. Now and it's just, it's just of- let's just keep all the Minnesota people happy because we're still playing yeah. each other. That's touchy feely crap. I. I, I mean, it's a nice. It could be. It could turn into something nice, but right now, I think people are still mad that it, it just doesn't mean anything. There's no point. No, on and line. it's not exciting. I mean, it, it, if you ask any Gopher fan, yeah. any of them, what's the one team they want to play again? What's the one team if they had their choice to see it all on the line? Who would they want to play? Of course, it's North, North Dakota, Dakota. Yeah. and they are nowhere in the North Star Cup, and you barely ever see them. And that's what people want to see again. They want that rivalry, and then you know. The, the Duluths and the St. Cloud States, they're nice secondary rivalries. But let's not, you know, you got to call spade a spade here. They are they have lost their biggest rival, and it was North Dakota. You couldn't even get – I remember a couple years ago, this was many years ago now, going down there on a Friday night after a show with some guys who I work with just so we could stand there. We couldn't even stand in the press box. Mm-hmm. It was so packed. We'd go walk around the concourse just trying to find a place. Now you could walk down and sit in the front if you want to go watch them play Penn State. And that's just so troubling. And it's, you know, for me, for someone who I don't necessarily have a stake in the game per se because I didn't grow up watching the Gophers, but it does bother me 
to see what was really a great product and a fun, exciting product to turn into what it is now, which is still very good, very good college hockey players. Don't get me wrong. The talent on this team is there. They're still excellent players. But the rivalries, the excitement, the atmosphere is not the same as it was, and you just can't bring that back. Well, Viggs just kind of goes right back to Wisconsin. Wisconsin was a big rivalry in the the WCHA, and now since they're super down, this just makes this whole transition even worse. It's like it's the universe, it's the Gophers' worst nightmare. I mean, they they're kind of forced into switching leagues, and and their biggest rival in that new league has just completely tanked. If Wisconsin was good, if they're putting up some competition, it wouldn't be as bad. But right now, there's just nothing there. I mean, they went down there to Wisconsin a few weeks ago and just killed them. Yeah, it's bad timing. I mean, Wisconsin down, uh, Michigan State's down. Yeah. You know, they used to be a, a premier program back when they had Ryan Miller between the pipes. And um, with both those programs down, it, it really makes the Big Ten less attractive. I think one of the other issues with the Big Ten is, is they've got um, Brad Traviola, who's kind of their spokesperson, and he readily admitted to Drew Clausen in an article that he's a non-hockey guy. And he doesn't understand how people aren't excited when Michigan State is coming to town. I mean, you just have a guy who's just out of touch with hockey. And I hope that, you know, after this year, I know that the the Minnesota staff is going to be sitting with the Big Ten saying, how are we going to move forward? What are we going to do with our conference tournament? What are we going to do with our conference scheduling? What are we going to do with adding potential teams to the conference? And I think they really have to take a hard look about, getting hockey people in these leadership roles and making decisions that are going to benefit hockey programs. I also think it doesn't help them that you look at the WCHA has done pretty well. The NCHC has taken off. You know, the teams that are in that conference are are playing well. They're consistently ranked in the top of the conference and, and there's good rivalries there still that really hurts them. I mean, you look around if you're a Gopher fan and you think we left for this the NCHC is, is, is doing great, and the WCHA, for the most part, is fine, too. And now, you know, we've left and we're crushing teams that aren't shouldn't even be on the ice with us. Well, it, it all did come down to, you know, Minnesota. I, I don't know the rules and the bylaws and stuff, but I, if I recall, Minnesota really didn't want anything to go to the Big Ten. They liked their setup the way it was. It was just working great. And uh, obviously, this change was not in their best interest, but they were kind of forced to go along with it. Yeah. And now it's you look at the audience. I mean, Viggs, you did a story last year showing they're having at least two thousand no shows a night. I mean, that's not. It wasn't because of the performance on the ice. It's just people don't care. They don't want to come see Penn State, Ohio State, or whatever it may be. I mean, that's a lot of tickets that are sold that our people aren't showing up, and that's not cheap. Yeah, it's really surprising to see that many unused tickets. I know Wisconsin had that issue the last couple of years, um, but it's it's disappointing to see. I think uh, you know what you're seeing the university do this weekend is they're selling the ten dollars standing room only tickets to try to get an extra thousand people in the building to try to get close to nine nine five for attendance this weekend because this is the premier weekend on the schedule right now. Michigan's the other team that plays entertaining hockey and. If they don't get in a full building this weekend, um, they've got bigger issues. Well, before we get to talk uh, about Michigan, uh, we need to hear from our sponsor, Vintage Minnesota Hockey. 
Vintage Minnesota Hockey wants you to take a step back in time and keep the memories of Minnesota hockey heritage alive forever. VintageMNHockey.com features history from around the entire state of Minnesota. One feature that I enjoy on a daily basis is the This Day in Minnesota Hockey History that is on their website. They have tons of info on what's happening on any particular day in Minnesota hockey history. Now, for those of you who want that brand new gold jersey that just came out this season for the Gophers, the one with the Minnesota emblem on the collar, Vintage has it for you. So make sure you visit the store and take a look at that jersey. They just made it available within the last week. You can get it customized with your number, your name, however you want. And if you use the code GPLPODCAST, you can get 10% off your order. So make sure you head over to the store and head over to VintageMNHockey.com. All right, boys, Michigan's coming to down, and Viggs, you know, we've been hoping that this rival will be take off. Obviously, uh, Michigan's had a couple cheap shot artists on their team <laughs> in the last few meetings that have uh, gone after some of our players, and, uh, you know, we kind of hoped, you know, we, I'm talking on previous podcasts, this would hopefully kind of build that rivalry, but... And, and this weekend is the time to build it even more. I mean, what do you what do you think here, Viggs? Well, Michael Downing is... Uh... Yep. Public enemy number one. He's got three uh, five-minute major game misconducts, uh, misconducts in the last eight games against Minnesota. So obviously, you know, when you're playing the same team four or five times a year, you can build up some animosity towards these guys. And I, I read some of his quotes in uh, the Michigan student paper, and he basically thought he was wronged with the <laughs> suspensions that he got. And he doesn't think that it was even a penalty. So, you know, you've got a guy who's out there just playing reckless. So, you know, hopefully I think you're going to see a lot of energy this weekend. Uh, Michigan's got probably the best line in the country with the CCM line. Uh, three of the four leading scorers in the country for college hockey. Um, they're pretty exciting. And I don't think you're going to see Minnesota put a checking line against them. So even though they have last change, because Lucia's balanced the lines, you know, they're going to need a team of five to shut those guys down. Now, Dave, we kind of talked about they need the, uh, some kind of rivalry come back. Obviously, North Dakota's not coming back. Michigan really needs to be that team. So maybe uh, having a, a player like a Downing kind of start to goon it up and not and feel wronged about all this stuff is something that could be built on. Because they need you know, something. Whenever, whenever you get that that guy that – I mean, I, I remember last year you know, we spoke about Wisconsin and – one of the most exciting games of last year was when they nearly brawled at the end of the game and each team had five guys in the penalty box and the place was going <laughs> crazy and, you know, it was fun. And so, I mean, any time you can have that, and, and certainly Michigan could turn into that, it, it, it takes a while. It takes more than one season. It takes more than one player. You know, that's the great rivalries. It's, it's the crest, not the guys necessarily on the roster, although certainly – they can kind of get in your craw a little bit as well. So I think it certainly has the makings just because they're so close in the standings as well. And this, this game will mean so much that it, it, it could be, I, I worry, I don't say worry, but you know, one of the things about Don Lucia and everyone knows this is that he really does harp about his team being disciplined. And he, it, it is rare in the time that I've been here that I think about it, that you get, one or two guys just kind of lose their mind and, and go rogue and they'll scrap and that kind of thing. He has his guys. We can say a lot of bad things about Don, a lot of good things about Don. The one thing I'll always say about Don Lucia is he always has his guys very disciplined to not take stupid penalties and to play the right way. And so I, I'm, 
I don't necessarily know if they're going to, you know, if, if a big, the big fight's going to happen, if they'll have the, you know, which is often what the great rivalries come up with because it does happen at some point. Uh, but I do think it'll be a very good hockey game against two good teams fighting for that top spot. Well, you mentioned that uh, kind of little bit of brawl with Wisconsin. I mean, that was with, uh, what was it, Whitco with uh, Wisconsin Vigs? Yeah, Whitco has not been a, a friend of the Murdoch either. <laughs> I mean, he obviously he went after uh, you know he was after he went after Bristed last year late in the game. Same thing against uh, Sheehy, Sheehy, and then Connor Riley. Yeah, as well. and then, I mean that yeah. was this season. He got kicked out of those games, got an extra suspension. Um, obviously, that is the type of thing that would hopefully build a rivalry, but it would only really work if Wisconsin was actually threatening to win and <laughs> had a good team. So you know the Whitco with Wisconsin, you know maybe that'll come back in a couple weeks. But downing with Michigan is a legit thing. And, you know, I wish the fans knew more about this kid because, you know, he has been kind of thugging it up a little bit. And, he, you know, oh, I get suspended. I don't understand why. And, uh, boy, we need this to become a rivalry because Michigan is has been a strong program forever. And, uh, you, know, you know, back in the WCHA days, you know, when we would play Michigan and Michigan State during the College Hockey Showcase – one of my favorite weekends of the year. So I really hope we could build something with Michigan and then just hope that Wisconsin comes back. Cause if it doesn't, this big 10 is just going to be a failure. I'm sorry. <laughs> Any thoughts, Figs? Well, I just think Michigan was always that measuring stick because they yeah, were the they were. premier team from the CCHA, you know, is always a really important series for pairwise. And, um, you know, it's one of the longest rivalries going back. Uh, I remember when, you know, when the U.S. hockey did their development program stuff, they used to divide up the, the prospects by state. So there'd be a team Minnesota, a team Michigan, a team Connecticut. And a lot of people would say that Minnesota-Michigan game was always a, a exciting game because those, those players didn't like each other, and they wanted to prove that their state was the best. I know USA Hockey's gone away with that. Now they have team blue and pink and purple. Um, to to kind of take that out of it. Yeah, I can sense I, I, I exactly <laughs> what you're saying, and I agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think this is the opportunity for Minnesota kids and Michigan kids to go at it. I hope so, because like you said, they were a measuring stick back then, um, and now we need them to become the rivalry that they were. You know, I would say even back during those days, uh, of the WCHA or even going further back when they were in the same conference. So, uh, you know, there's only so much Minnesota can do. They can, you know, this, they have a chance of winning their third straight regular season title in the big 10 and fifth straight overall conference title Vigs. So it's important that they play well this weekend, but it's important that those other teams perform well too. Cause I'm sorry, the big 10 is just going to be the joke unless some of these other teams improve. Well, there's been uh you know, a Big Ten team in the national title game, I think, uh, half of the last decade for games. Yeah, so. but uh, that, was be- <laughs> that was before the Big Ten, dude. They hey, Minnesota was in it a couple years ago. Yeah, so. I know, but. Against Union, who for some reason ran them out. <laughs> yeah. I was at that game. It's weird. They've got this defenseman. The NHL is doing really well right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's. Uh, it cracks me up because so I grew up watching Union and I grew up watching Union play RPI uh, out in uh, Albany, New York area. And um, RPI would always be was the powerhouse, and Union was basically the Division One school that didn't have any scholarships. And if I'm correct, they still don't have any scholarships. 
if I'm if I'm correct, unless they've changed that, which they very well could have. Well, they and must you, be cheating. Yeah, I would beat them by. What's that? They must be cheating then. <laughs> well, they, I'm just going to go you know, with it. <laughs> you you win a couple and and you keep winning, and but they've they've really come on the last couple of years. So I I remember going into that national title game and telling people, everyone who would listen, oh, the Gophers, you're going to kill them. This is Union College. Union <laughs> College is awful. And, you know, they just ran them out of the building. But um, well, that game was close until very late. Yeah, and then they they scored a couple real big goals, and and they could never they could never yep. recover. Yep. But from what I remember, that game, they were lucky to only lose by as much as they did because it was Union was playing really well and probably could have scored a couple more if I'm if my memory is correct. Well, another thing, if I recall, I mean, we talked earlier about how Lucia likes to to push discipline play, and there was some really bad discipline play on the defensive end in that game. Yeah. I mean, I remember just some wide-open nets where some guys weren't even covered. So, eh. Adam Wilcox was good, but he can only do so much. <laughs> That's kind of the same for every goalie, though. Yeah. You can only do so much. Obviously, we we, we worried about coming into the season. Who's this new guy? Who's this Shearhorn guy? I mean, how much worse could it be without Shearhorn right now, Viggs, huh? Well, I think he's really been the, the MVP this season. He has played phenomenally between the pipes, and it's not like they're playing a tight defensive structure in front of them. You know, this team still is giving up odd man rushes, breakaways, um, plenty of power play chances, and he's he's kept them in it this season. He's the only reason this program has a chance at a conference title and an NCAA bid. You know, I don't know if I've ever seen a goalie save so many breakaways in a season. Well, Wilcox was was pretty close. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't remember Shearhorn giving one up. It's very rare. He's played very solid this season, and uh, the guys have a lot of confidence in him. And I think he's gained confidence to to kind of get guys in you know in shape and, and playing a little bit smarter with the puck. Um, and he's become a leader this year for them. So, Dave, are we going to get you out to Mariucci the, the Thursday or Friday? Can we get the, you to of, show of up this week or of the week of the tournament? You're saying. No, come out to Mariucci tomorrow night. Tomorrow, the problem here's the problem. Well, what <laughs> two things? One, tomorrow is my birthday, uh, so my family's taking me out to dinner. Lucky you. So I won't be there tomorrow night. And Friday night, I can't stay up that late because I got to get up early on Saturday morning. Oh, Are you doing the Saturday morning show again? I am. Are you, I, I, have you become full time on that now? Well, <laughs> they're not really telling me. Uh, they're, they're testing me you, aren't they? I'm filling in until uh, until they're done me filling in or making a decision you know there's there's a lot of moving parts I, i've i've learned at this point in my career you know to as they as they say take it shift by shift and just give it everything i have well i know and so uh, i have fun take one of those uh, barrel aged beers and just slam it on air every <laughs> saturday morning you know well, by eight o'clock i've been up for a couple hours so technically it's not morning drinking anymore for me Okay. Wow. Well, that's a highlight for that Saturday morning show. Is you always get some kind of booze on there and food and plenty of. Let me tell you something. The Saturday morning show is one of the most fun shows to work. First of all, I, I mean it's it's fun anyway because it's different. But you get great food, you get great drinks. You it's you know it's very relaxed, very different. There, there's very little you know very little pressure as far as the environment. You know, in, in, in on my other job, I like to say on Saturdays I have a double life. <laughs> um, you know, where it's that hard deadline and games end quick and, you know, you end up just hoping that they'll end and you're not really having a rooting interest and things kind of can get tense sometimes. But the Saturday show, it's just, it's just different. It's very relaxed. It's laid back. It's, we don't have a lot of scripts. You just kind of 
make it up on the fly and uh, it's fun it's very different but the problem with that is i cannot i do not get to stay up very late on friday so i often only catch if i'm going to watch any you know maybe the first period or two of a gopher game or the wild or the timber well no um, <laughs> that was tough for you to say wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> i've watched a couple games this year yeah timberwolves i i that's another podcast for another time. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I I used to watch when KG was a rookie. Ever since then, though, I haven't watched too much NBA. It's just I I will say this: they're on the cusp of being the most exciting they've yeah. been in about a decade, if not longer. So they're not going to make postseason this year, and they may not next year. But but two three years, they, this team will, as long as they can figure out salary cap issues, they'll uh, they'll be able to they'll be able to make a run. So do you have any articles coming up anytime soon? I do, actually. I'm working on one uh, tonight. I was working on one today, and hopefully it'll be out tomorrow or Friday on the uh, state tournament. And um, just, you know, why I love it, why it's so much fun. I had a chance to talk with uh, Mark Parrish, Natalie Darwitz, and Anders Lee about their time at the tournament and how much fun they had. Uh, and, you know, just kind of the memories. And it, it was interesting because... I, in fact, I talked to Anders Lee today, and he I just kind of let him run with it a little bit, and he was just kind of talking about his first game, and he said, yeah, the funny thing is, he said, it was the worst game I'd ever played. <laughs> to this day, it was the worst game I'd ever played. He said, the, the, the nerves get to you. It's just everything is a whirlwind. And, you know, Mark Parrish talked about how as nervous as he's been in bigger spots and in bigger games, and this is a guy who's played 722 NHL games. Yeah. He played in the Olympics. He said, because of where you are in your life, and that you've never dealt with something like this before, he's never been as nervous as he was before his first state tournament game. Yeah, uh, was, I'm guessing it also didn't help. You know, he had some really good teammates on some of those He did games. bring that up, and he was a sophomore, and he's like, yeah. he's like, I'm on this bus wondering what in the world I'm doing here, <laughs> you know. But, but you know, you just think about where you are. You think, oh, this guy played, you know, the NHL, he played in the Olympics. But he said, no, he said, you're young. And you're just a kid and trying to deal with these nerves that you've never had before. And by the time you get to college and the pros, you've dealt with all that. You know, it's nothing new to play a big game. So it, it's, it's cool. It's, it's uh, come together well. And, of course, Natalie Darwitz is one of my favorite people uh, to talk to in the world. And um, she talked about how much fun she had and, you know, just a great time and the spectacle of it and how the whole town comes out. And, you know, basically the entire place shuts down just so they can come watch you play hockey. And uh, it's very exciting. And it was fun. I'm, as always, I'm looking forward to the state tournament like I do every year. It's, it's one of my, it is my favorite time of year, really. Well, speaking of the tournament, Viggs, I just saw Nate Wells tweet that uh, Jackson Nelson out of uh, Laverne had a hat trick tonight, but it was not enough to beat Litchfield and get to a uh, state tournament. They lost 7-6. to six. I like that kid. I, I like <laughs> the way he, I, I, the stats he, he put up this year are incredible. Yeah, I mean, obviously people are going to come back and say, oh, the competition, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, you put up that many points. Uh, you know doing, what I say when people say that? I say Joey Bennick and Ben Hanowski. Uh, bingo. Those are the two names I always bring up. And even I've, Johnny Pohl to some point. I mean, yep. Johnny Pohl was playing some pretty subpar competition when he was lighting it up. You put up over 100 points like yeah. Hanowski did up in the – I don't care who you're playing. That's that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Isn't he still a couple years out, Viggs? Yeah, he's only a sophomore, so I think he's oh, got he's a big further decision. further out than that. I, Holy cow, he's, he's only a sophomore. He's scoring that many points as a sophomore? Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a sophomore. He's one of the younger kids, uh, so he's got a big decision whether 
you know, he's going to move on wow. to the USHL next year or maybe the U17 team. Um, I think, you know, because he's basically from the Sioux Falls area, you know, that would make a, a good sense for him because mm-hmm. um, he's a, a family kid. And so, you know, it'd be hard for him to move. Um, it is tough when they play that schedule, though, because, you know, this has kind of been the issue for Laverne all season. Is they've had a lot of games where he's done very well, but the team just isn't good enough to get him over the hump. And he does lose one of his teammates who's also super talented, who's a senior who's going to move on. Um, so that might have been Laverne's last shot there for a while. You know, I'm, I'm normally not in favor of kids leaving high school to go to juniors or something <laughs> like that, but if, if you're at Laverne and you want to try to play for that next, you know, you want to kind of move on, I would say, you know, if you're scoring the goal, it, it's time to step up competition, especially if you're putting up numbers like that kid did this year because I remember looking at him thinking, oh, he's a cinch for Mr. Hockey, and then I looked, and not necessarily a cinch because obviously I think yeah. Tufty's probably a cinch, but like the numbers, and then I said, holy cow, he's only a sophomore. I, I, I think the state tournament has kind of lost its luster for me. I mean, obviously, Dave, you weren't here kind of during its heyday, you know, when it, you know, when it was the a clear boards you're talking about. Well, the clear boards, the Parrish sing- brought those up to the single tournament. I mean, still upset those Parrish, Parrish, yeah, but Parrish did play at least in a two tier and a A double A type of tournament. The two tier was probably the worst decision. Oh, that though. was bad. That was I mean, bad. But I, I don't know. I, you know, I just enjoyed the days, you know, uh, where it used to be Channel Four broadcasting all the games they would show every game because yeah. there was less games but you'd see all the consolation games the third place game consolation championship and now you only see the main games because there's double the teams you don't see any consolation you don't see the third place games uh, i used to enjoy the whole weekend and now i just don't as much anymore and another thing is like like you guys talked about some of these really good players they leave and they go play juniors yeah. Whereas if somebody like a Spihar or, or or the like, you see them coming every year. You look forward to seeing them come and dominate a tournament, and you're just not seeing that like you did back in you know, the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I feel like the trend, though, is for these kids to stay. And, I, yeah. you know, the last couple of years at the banquets, I emcee the AA and uh, the, the A and the AA banquets, and um, Trent Klatt was the – keynote speaker last year he at the time was in the islanders organization now he's the head coach at grand rapids i believe okay and um he had this great speech about why kids should stay for their senior year and he talked about going to the western hockey league and getting his butt kicked and all this (laughs) stuff and you know is it really worth it and you could just see the kids on the kids were listening and there were seniors that were high end seniors who were sticking around and you'd hear the coaches and even some of the parents say yeah you know it's it's it is good to stay and you know you know, the Kyle Rouse of the world who decided to, you know, wanted to stay and, and try to win. I believe he came back. He came back for his senior year. So I, I just, I think the trend is going towards, they may want to go play juniors in the office, you know, after their high school season's over. But most of all, I think they want to stay and try to win a state title. I think that's the way the trend's going. And, and also back in those, back in the day when I was in high school or just after, or when you were in high school, Viggs, the junior leagues were really meant for kids after high school. You didn't see yeah. a lot of the younger kids. Yeah, I think it's definitely been a trend for kids to leave junior probably in the last five or six years. And it's because those top-end kids don't want to spend that extra year mm-hmm. in junior and not in college. Because a lot of the colleges are saying, "Hey, you need to play. 
you know, you're a junior hockey before we'll have you on our roster. And now they're even stretching it to, you know, we want you to play two years or maybe three years. And so I don't think it's in the kids' best interest. I think we get back to that, that age limit for kids coming <laughs> into college. And I think that affects this high school issue about whether kids stay or go. All right. I don't know. I just think it's lost its luster. Maybe it's just me. I'm, I'm getting old. You know, I, I'm like set my ways, get off my lawn, bring it back to the old days. You uh, know, it, for me, it's still it, – it. the state tournament is always the same thing. It's the same reason why sometimes it's fun to just watch a a random high school game. It's, it's to be able to see the kids before they're going to be the next big thing. It's to watch the Blake Wheelers in the state tournament. It's to watch the Anders mm-hmm. Lee – and and the Nick Bukesteads and and the Riley Tufties and although he's not going to be there this year either but you know to to see the kids before they become big stars and that's why I that's what I like I like to see those kids and go oh you know what yeah he's going to be something and then you know watch unfortunately Grant Bessie go to Wisconsin and <laughs> and you know see the kids play in high school and how good they can be and then watch a good that, that to me that's the draw it's it's to see the future of what's coming and I, and I, that's why I like it. Didn't Bessie score like five goals in the yes, he championship did. game? Yep. For oh Benilde. man, that was ridiculous. <laughs> and we all sat there. We all sat there and wondered why in the world didn't he go? Did, did the Gophers not jump on him? But I don't think they had much of a chance. I think he wanted to go to Wisconsin. I don't know you probably got. You guys probably have a better beat on that than I do. Well, usually Hammy would have a better beat on that, but Hammy is in Vegas right now. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, he thought he. I thought he might be able to call in, but he. I, he's just too preoccupied. And did he know I was coming on? Because he loves more than anything, almost more than you do, to give me garbage on Twitter. So, Well, you see, you're a hockey guy. And the one thing I've always noticed about hockey guys, hockey guys can take the BS because they dish oh, it out it. just as well. So, I mean, maybe some of the other sports is not like that, but the hockey guys, we're just kind of a different breed. I, it know, is. I'm like the only I, one like, it's like, I give you a hard office. time all the time. And then all of a sudden, you know, you show up at a media thing, and I'm not there. You're like, "Where are you? Where are yeah. you? I'm here. Where are you?" I'm like, "That's what I love. I love the banter back and forth because that's just what you guys do." Yeah, you're chirping. That's it. That's what you do. Yeah, I enjoy your your periscopes. By the way, <laughs> I try to join as much as I as often as I can. I don't do it as much because sometimes I just don't know what in the world. You know, I try to try to do them from an interesting location although you know like eric perkins does him and he's he's got the same time every night and so people kind of tune in for that which is also good and that's kind of the key i just forget sometimes to do it and then i think who cares what i have to say when i'm you know driving in my car but sometimes people do when i'm, I'm riding in the car i don't i'm sorry but the bits where you just record video of him typing on his keyboard just <laughs> makes me laugh every day that would drive me crazy. You should see his keyboard. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's every day. I'm sorry. I, and that's like, I'm I sorry. Love, <laughs> I love playing pranks on everybody. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much the prankster of the office, so it's, I get it too, but I love to, I love to dish it out. Well, let's get back to this weekend, guys. Obviously, this is huge, Viggs. I mean, uh, Three, four, five points is good. I don't know if a split's really going to get us anywhere. We need we need to have to kind of get a set of statement, a sweep or six, five points, something like that, you know, because it's going to come important if we we need to get our pairwise number up, and this is a good weekend to do that. 
Well, I think this is probably their last chance to get yeah. themselves a, a pairwise bid. You know, if they get a sweep here, they get the two quality wins, and they give themselves a chance. I think they're still going to need some help with teams above them losing for them to jump in to, you know, to 13 or 12. Um, but if they don't sweep, you know, it's all about getting at, you know, the bye into the Big Ten tournament and winning the conference tournament. Um, so it is a huge weekend because it, it does give that pairwise bid some hope. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, looking well, at the, well, Dave, I mean, we you look at the we schedule. We just know how the fans are going to react. The fans, you know, the, the fans are. I'm sorry, they're still angry, and they think this team should be dominating the Big Ten, and they're just not quite doing that. And being on the edge of the tournament is not really something that that's happened a lot. Well, um, I think Minnesota's dominated the Big Ten. They only have yeah. three conference losses this year, and you know they have one really conference been... loss at home all time, isn't it? Yep, Michigan State or uh, Penn State's the only team to beat them at Mariucci in Big Ten play, um, and they've done well on the road this year. You know they they got the, the sweep with Ohio State here, and um, they did okay in Michigan. Getting a split there was huge, um, so they're in good position in the conference. It's just you know all those losses early in the year. Um, you know Minnesota State, St. Cloud State, um, Harvard, um, Bemidji in the North Star College Cup. You know those really hurt them this year. But all those games were close, and I think this team has really developed over the years and knows how to play in all situations. Uh, Justin Clouse talked about this um, yesterday. You know, this team's prepared for any situation. You know, pulling their own goalie, having the other team pull their goalie, penalties late, um, needing goals late, overtimes. You know, they've had a lot of experience this year. And you know, Vigo gets all that Lucia audio, and obviously this Clouse audio. He sends it to me, and I put it on the end of every podcast. So don't forget. If you want to hear Clues, if you want to hear Don, just listen to the end of the podcast if you're downloading it, and you'll get to hear it in all its glory. It's usually about, uh, about seven, ten minutes worth of audio, so it's well worth listening to. And this week you get to hear Don Lucia say he needs a chuck a puck for Beyonce tickets. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's excellent. So this weekend, both, both nights, uh, the university's giving away Beyonce tickets with chuck a puck. So for a dollar, you get a chuck a puck, and if you put it at center ice, you get Beyonce tickets to see her at TCF this summer. Mm. Get a pair and take Don Lucia with you. Boy, I'd, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I would buy the tickets just to see Don Lucia's reaction to be at Beyonce. <laughs> That'd be worth the price. Well, you know, we've talked about it a lot, is that Don really doesn't show a lot of emotion with anybody. Or just no. show, or give his... Uh, you know, personality. I mean, we, you know, in the past, we're, we're used to a Wooger or, you know, you look at some of the other schools, um, you know, with a Hastings or a Motsko, these guys, they kind of wear their, you know, their emotions and, and everything on their sleeve, whereas Don is very buttoned down and very quiet. So, uh, there, to, to have also, him want to go to Beyonce, it's, it's just like, huh? What? That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, in, in Don's defense, and I've been covering him for over, for almost, almost, gosh darn close to 10 years now he's the one coach in the state that has never had to worry about selling his program too and so he doesn't really need to do a whole lot of sell job on himself or the program whereas some of those other schools probably do so they, they, you know if you if you the, the complaint is that don you know is it out there dancing and trying to you know run and grab recruits necessarily he's never really had to and i think he's going to have to do it more so now because some of these other programs are coming on but he's never had to do it before another thing happening this weekend folks Friday night, um, they will be celebrating the 40th anniversary of the 1976 national title team. So, 
a lot of old those old guys are going to come in and and you'll get to see a lot of history there. So that was the I believe that was the first of their championships, wasn't it, Viggs? Yeah, I think that's right. 76 was their first national championship. So this weekend, it's 40 years since then. Yikes. So, I mean, that's always a good thing when you see all those old guys out in the ice. Now, I've been lucky enough to be down there for, you know, when they've done uh, the 79 team or they've had the Olympians down there. And when these guys get off the ice, it's like they're still a team. They're kidding each other. It's like they've never been separated by 20, 30, or 40 years. So it's always special when they have these you know, kind of reunions for these players on the ice. So make sure you either tune in on Big Ten or get down there to see it because it's always special to see those old teams come together again. What else we got going on, guys? Like, no, I think we pretty much got everything covered. I think we had a couple of questions. We should probably get to those for our yeah, I know. There's th- well, We've got a couple minutes for them. Well, we do have a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I know Tim Hapke is very concerned with Mike Smatula. And, uh, oh, I'm glad you said it because I had no idea how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> yes, Smatula, and uh, he is a talent. Um, I've been to a couple practices, and he plays on the gray line with um, Ryan Riley, A.J. Michelson, you know, Ryan Norman, guys who are kind of in and out of the lineup, and he always flashes in practice. He's, he's very shifty. He's very quick, very good on the puck. Um, I think he'll jump into a top six role and uh, do very well. And just a little information on that. Smatula is the transfer from Northeastern, isn't he? Yep. So he had so to sit out this season. So, and yeah, uh, he's a point of game player out there, and um, he knows uh, Justin Cluse. Um, so I think uh, you know that connection drove him to Minnesota, and he'll he'll be a valuable part of the team next year. What about Sadik? I see Matt asking about Sadik. Uh, he still seems to be uh, in one game out the other. I mean, is this just Lucia Trist trying to? keep guys fresh or will he stick with one of these guys because obviously it's been either him or Collins and then once in a while you know he would put uh, Glover in and out with uh, Sadik but wh- what do we do about Sadik here? I think uh, Minnesota still needs all seven defensemen so I, I don't think you'll see any of those guys you know be banished from the lineup I, I think you'll continue to see uh, guys rotate in and out with that spot. Sadik's you know definitely developed a lot this season I think his body's filling out a little bit more. He's, he was kind of a slight guy at the start of the season. I think he's you know in that Caldeeds program and putting on a little bit of muscle, and he definitely looks more comfortable. His panic points gone down over the season, and you know he he was making mistakes early in the season, maybe respecting the game too much. And I think now he's kind of found his spot. So he he's, he has looked good, and I think he'll continue to rotate in. There was actually a question that was sent to me on GPL from Bonin Twenty One. He was asking about the coaching staff. And wondering if they have any uh, say in the ticket prices. Um, you know, he mentioned that you saw you tweet the staff push lower prices this week, you know, to try to fill the building. But uh, from what I've heard, Viggs, uh, the jack up in ticket prices was uh, sort of a Norwood Teague thing this year. So I don't really think the staff has much choice on a lot of this stuff. Obviously, you, you had mentioned something earlier this week. So what did the coaching staff do? Well, I think that the ticket office is totally separate from the hockey program. Yeah, um, I know that you know the scholarship seating. You know that was a Teague thing that wasn't consulted with you know the coaching staff about how much to charge for seats and how much to charge for the scholarship seating. So I think that's pretty separate. But I think the coaching staff has has been a little frustrated with the atmosphere in the building, you know, with all the no shows, and so I think they really pushed to try to get something done for this season for the last four games. 
So I think those $10 standing room seats, I mean, that's what the students would pay for a standing room seat. So to, to release that to the public is a pretty big deal because I think they're usually 25 30 bucks mm-hmm. for a standing room seat. So it's a great deal. Now, Dave, earlier this year, a regular season ticket, a regular reserve ticket for Wisconsin is $70. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and That's absurd. It, it is. I mean, obviously, the coaching staff doesn't have anything to do with that. And, right. you know, we did some uh, analysis on ticket prices earlier this year. And, and that's general admission, correct? Or that's, that's uh, not... No, that's that's an assigned seat. Okay, so you at least, you at least have a good seat. Yes. Um, but that, that's one of the problems. I mean, you've got, you've got an apathetic uh, fan base right now. You've got the Big Ten that's down. On top of that, you've got ticket prices ranging between 50 and $70. I mean, I want to say on average they're about 54 which is more than double the next closest team in the Big Ten. But at the same point, they are selling these tickets. And that's just it. Yeah, they are. And that's what's even more confusing. I mean, it's not like they're not selling these seats. People are paying for them. It's just they're, they've got, you know, 15 to two, you know, 2,000 people not going. They are also, by the way, considerably cheaper than wild tickets. I mean, the cheapest you can get in the door at a wild game, I think, is for some of these premium games, maybe seventy dollars. And and most of the season, most of them at this point, I believe, are, are sold. You can't even get in the door for for under a hundred now. So yeah, but, but, it doesn't surprise me they're selling tickets. If you want to go watch hockey, it might be the only place you can. But one of the problems that we've seen, you know, I've got people on GPL that talk about this all the time, is that there are diehard fans out there who are just getting priced out. They, they Instead of getting the season tickets or having those tickets in hand, they'll go down and get your $10 tickets and risk not having a seat or whatever, risk not being able to get in. Because uh, back in the day, it was very much a blue-collar crowd at Mariucci yeah. and the old Mariucci. And how much, this is something I don't know, but have the student ticket prices gone up as well? I have no idea. Because really, know. that's what makes the atmosphere well, to me. Well, from what I've heard is that, you know, we heard from somebody last year, uh, from last week, tell us that the, the the season tickets this year were packaged with football. Well, that was an option. Okay. Not all the student tickets were paired with football, but they offered kind of like a, at the start of the season, you could sign up for you know, football, hockey, basketball, you know, as a big package because they're trying to get people, I think, to go to the football games yeah. and get those tickets sold so yeah. they could package it. You know, it's kind of like beer festivals, one of my things. You know, there's, <laughs> there's there's the popular ones and the not-so-popular ones. And so to get you to go to all of them, you can buy a package deal early so you're guaranteed a ticket to all, all of them, you know, rather than just selling them singles. Well. So. So that was the idea. So you could still buy just the hockey package. And it's a, it's about 10 bucks a game for the students. Well, you know, years ago, you know, the student tickets, that was assigned seating. Um, I want to say about five or six years ago, they opened it up to more of a general admission. They Are you crashing? <laughs> I'm still here. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. You know, they went to a general admission. They moved. They used to have split season tickets, sessions over in Section 3, and then um, the end. So they consolidated the students. For the first few years, you know, you'd see those doors open at 6 p.m. Vigs, and the students would come running down and fill the first 15, 20 rows. Um, that's just not the case the last couple seasons. Yeah, and it's, you know, students... And they're I think selling all the, the tickets, according to, you know, what they've tweeted out and everything. Oh, we sold all the tickets, yet the yep, students are half empty. 
No, the t- student tickets are sold. They they just sell those as a season ticket, and those are sold out. I think your most apathetic fans would probably be students. You know, if you're not winning and it's not the exciting thing to do, you know, those students are only eating ten dollars. It's not like they're eating the seventy bucks that some of those center yeah. ice tickets are worth. Yeah. So I think that you know they're they can't you know do much other than try to sell more standing room tickets, and get people in there. Well, it's a big weekend, so hopefully they can fill the place because, you know, Mariucci still is a fun place, folks, when it's full. So, Dave, I appreciate you coming on. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. It was yeah, fun. We just like, you know, we, we just like to have you on just to talk hockey. It doesn't matter if you have been following as close this year or not. It's just it's just nice to have you on. I'm just saying I don't know if you, if Rick Pizzo would have had as many hardcore takes as I would have. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Hey, trust me, I gave Pizzo a hard time. He was supposed to be coming on, and apparently he's, he's going to make, he's gonna make it up for all of us. It. We're all going to go out and drink beer after the games this weekend. So He seems like he'd be a fun guy to hang with. I, I enjoy his work. You know, I've always enjoyed so. it because, you know, he reached out to us at GPL years ago. He came on the site, registered on the site, and says, hey, guys, you know, I'm I'm one of, I'm the studio host. He introduced himself. Said, "What were you guys think? What, what should we be doing differently?" Stuff. So it, it's nice. He definitely reached out and def- definitely cares. That's uh, the smart. That's smart. I listen in our business. If you don't have fans who are yeah. like what you're doing or hate what you're doing, one way or the other, they're watching, right? So why not try to appeal to the fan bases that you can and get a get a pulse on it? It's a smart move on his part. So yeah, this is his first uh, trip to Mariucci. I want to say this season or maybe any season. So. Uh... Yeah. He'll be here all weekend. Viggs, we're hoping to go out and drink some beer with him, right? Yeah, hopefully. He's a hophead, so <laughs> a hop we got nice. <laughs> to find some uh, some surly for him. Well, that, that might be your answer right there. Well, remember, you'll see Dave. He's on the news. He's everywhere. Oh. He's in the he's in, was it Minnesota Journal. Which, which is the place you write for? Minnesota Hockey? MinnesotaHockeyMagazine.com. Magazine, there you go. And then he's, he's one of my colleagues. That's another place I write for, too. Yes. It's because you guys are cool and I'm not. <laughs> and you, obviously you could follow him at Dave underscore Schwartz on Twitter. He's got like 15,000 followers. So we're getting just, there. Let's, we're let's not boo- quite there, but we're getting his there. Vigo, his, his Vigo, his ego even more. So Actually, I like boosting my Vigo. I think that's, <laughs> I like the way that sounds. Watch your language. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least he comes to the pressers on Tuesday. That's all oh, I'm saying. He works for the U. <laughs> It's an easy spot for me. It's right. Some of us work in Minnetonka and are a bit further away and have, you know, a job. Just saying. I know. Well, I expect it. You know, you're a hockey guy. You're going to give me a hard time. That's just got to (laughs) chirp. I know how it is. I know how it is. (laughs) Well, we'll be back next week, this time without Dave, and we'll recap this Michigan series. We'll preview Michigan State coming up. Obviously, we're excited about this weekend. Thanks, Dave, for joining us. Until next week, thanks for listening, folks. kids get out of it? Well, I think uh, mentally and physically get a chance to recharge the battery. Uh, so we, we came back from Ohio State and Monday we just let them play shooting hockey and 
going to get a chance to do that a lot and have some fun. And, and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we practice pretty hard. Uh, and then we gave him Friday, Saturday off. So I told him I didn't want him to show up at the rink, just take the time off. And then we, starting Sunday was our normal practice week for the Thursday game. And you know, we had a 12.30 skate, obviously, before the outdoor game because you know, some guys have an opportunity to go to the game. Uh, and I wanted to be able to do that. But I wanted to have a good week of practice and we'd be able to go hard, uh, but not go long. And you know, the guys did make the comment about how you know, their legs feel good. How important is it to your pairwise standing to get points against a ranked opponent? Well, I mean, obviously that's part of it, but you know, the first thing we're worried about right now is obviously we're fighting for the Big Ten, and you know, that's obviously a goal when the year begins. And uh, you know, we're one point up, and the major goal is to try to be ahead of Michigan when the, the two-game set ends. And obviously they're playing really well. Uh, I didn't realize that the, we're the last team to beat them in regulation. They've only lost one game since we. We beat them in December, so it's going to take a great effort on our part, and um, we're going to have to play uh, a really good team defensive game and manage the puck well and, and not put ourselves in outnumbered situations because you know, we don't have the offensive firepower Michigan does, and so we're going to have to play really well without the puck. As you mentioned, Michigan's lost once, and uh, that series for you guys was kind of a turning point. Uh, what, what was your team able to take from that series and kind of put into it into this one? Well, how we need to play in order to be successful. But, uh, you know, obviously uh, we need good, strong goaltending every night. Uh, we were able to win especially. We scored a couple power play goals that, that night. Um, and, and we managed the puck a lot better than what we did the first night. Uh, and so that's the way we have to play. Uh, you know, we've, both of us are probably a little bit different since then. We've moved our lines a little bit more than probably they have at, at this point. Um, you know, we don't have a dominant line like they do. You know, not many teams in college hockey do. Um, so we're just going to have to be really good with our five-man units as we step on the ice. And you know, I do think we've improved a lot as the year's gone on. And, you know, getting out of the zone has been much better throughout the um, uh, throughout the season. Uh, we're getting a little bit more scoring than maybe what we were early in the season, and that's for us. You know, playing Michigan. I mean, we're not going to beat Michigan five-four, and we're not going to beat them six-five. Uh, we have to, you know, beat them three-two or possibly four-three. So. Um, we, it's it's how well we play without the puck. It's going to be, you know, being disciplined. We don't want to give them four or five, six power play opportunities a night because their their power play is really good with the personnel they have. What does your team have to do to stop that Comfort uh, Connor? Uh, well, um, we don't have a when I with our team. It's not like we have Boyd and, and Raul as our top two senior centers that can maybe play that role. We, we're going to have to do it more as a group of five than. Know, worrying about one line or one set of defensemen. I mean, throughout, we've kind of balanced our three lines and we've kind of balanced our three sets of defensemen. So, you know, throughout the year, we really haven't been too caught up on who's out against who. It's just going to be that when you're out against that line, you just better not be uh, taking 50 50 chances. Uh, and, you know, sometimes in a shift, you have to live to fight another day. And, you know what, just make sure that we don't shorten up the rink against them, really, their whole team. Uh, by turning pucks over in the neutral zone or, you know, just in the offensive blue line. And as much as we can, we want them to have to go 200 feet and go through four or five guys. Do you try to neutralize those guys at all with any particular line or just, like you said, roll through with uh, certain coverages? Did you just miss my comment? <laughs> <laughs> can I use that quote on the air? <laughs> Were you daydreaming on that, Wally, or what? I just answered that question. Uh, no, I mean, we're, we're, I think going in, you know, there's a possibility we can move 
move some guys around, but the reality is is that we're not going in thinking this line or this set of defensemen has to play against that line. So we'll see how that works, you know, five minutes in. Given how tough this challenge will be, does this break you know, help them refresh mentally as much as Yeah, it, it does. It, it, the worry always becomes when the puck drops, are you at game speed in the first period? Um, you know, we've had really good – the practices have been good as far as the tempo, and that's something that we've really tried to have good pace to our practices because because we know this is one of those weekends where, you know, you have to be able to you know, play at pace. You have to dis- make decisions at pace. Um, because uh, it's going to be going back and forth in a hurry. How much has this group grown and developed over the season, and how close do you think they are to what they're capable of? Well, I think there's no question that we've grown throughout the course of the season. I mean, there's times in, in October we're kind of scratching our, our heads with the group, but knowing that we had to stay with it and allow them to keep developing and working and gain experience. And, now you get to this time of the year, and you know you like to use the expression "there's really no freshman this time of the year." I mean, they, they play, played almost a full season of college hockey now, as we get into the end of February. So, it's as much for me with this group now as the mental part of it. Uh, I think the one area that we still could do a better job—we we can't keep giving outnumbered rushes. I mean, uh, you know, we have to make sure that we have good numbers coming back. We can't give up breakaways. We can't give up two on ones and multiple three on twos in games. And, you know, on our goalie to make those saves. And we, that's the area that we really have to tighten up from here on out. The university is selling $10 standing room tickets, and they're giving away Beyonce tickets during Chuck a Puck. How important is that good crowd? Beyonce, I mean, well, I better yeah. get Puck. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the, uh, obviously this is one of those weekends with, with Michigan, I think, that is a highlight to the season, uh, just because of the tradition that Michigan has, and they've always, they're always one of the top teams in the country. Now, you know, obviously they got some of the top players in the country as well. So, um, you know, we've had pretty good success against Michigan over the years in this building, and, you know, we're going to need that to continue. But more than that, we, we're going to need to play our A game, and, you know, the more the fans are into the game, the better it is for us. What do you think Justin is doing better in the second half of the season? He's seen a lot more. Well, I, I think it's not just Justin. It's it's kind of our top guys. You know, Hudson's really picked up his pace since probably the first of December, and Justin, and they've been able to, I think, combined they have seven shorthanded goals in that time. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, they're they're getting on the scoreboard every night, and we need. Justin on the score. We need Hudson Fashion on the scoreboard. You know, we need Leon. You know, uh, Vinny scoring more and Connor starting to score a little bit more. So, and Taylor all of a sudden the last few weeks since we moved the lines around and, and those six you know, the six returning forwards that we highlighted when the year began. Just if they have a good year, we'll have a good year. If they struggle, we're going to struggle. And there was times early in the year where some of them struggled, and uh, now they seem to be you know hitting their stride and, and, and scoring on a more regular basis and. Know, that's allowed us to, you know, give us a little more leeway as far as uh, not just getting to two or three goals and night to get to four or five. You plan on going into Michigan the same lines that you left Ohio State? Yeah, I, I think right now, I mean, there's still decisions whether we're going to go 11 and seven or you know 12 and six or you know which which 12 which is going to be our 12th forward or which will be our sixth defenseman. So um, those are decisions that we'll have to make in the next 48 hours. Michigan's taken five-minute majors in four of your last eight games. Is power play an emphasis for you guys coming in? Well, I think it is every game. Um, you know, that's that margin that uh, uh, 
we have to try to win that specialty battles. And, you know, when we beat them the second night uh, in, in Ann Arbor, we had two power play goals. And uh, that ultimately was in the, the difference in the game. And, you know, our penalty kills done a really good job in the, in the Big Ten. Where I think we're, since Christmas we're even as far as, you know, with the amount of shorthanded goals versus the power play goals we've given up. But I would like to see our, you know, power play, you know, get one every night from here on out. Do you think discipline with contact to the head, checking from behind is a high, high point for this weekend? or? No, I, I, it's not something I even think about. Um, you know, those things have happened. You know, I, I, don't, I don't go into this weekend thinking, boy, they're going to take a major. Um, just going into the weekend worrying about our own team and how we're going to play. Is this rivalry, top shelf rivalry? Yeah, I, I think when you look at, you know, since we began with the Big Ten that, uh, you know, I knew going in that, you know, if we're going to be standing at the top, I mean, one of the teams you're going to have to beat is Michigan. And uh, uh, we've been able to do that uh, the last couple of years. Uh, we're one and one with them this year. We, we knocked them out in, in the Big Ten title game a year ago. Uh, they've got high end. And you know what, if we want to say we're going to be a Big Ten champ, then we're going to have to beat Michigan this weekend. Okay. Justin, who's up next? Do you think it's been working for you in the second half of the season? Uh, I'm actually, I'm not really sure. Uh, things just, uh, I started to get bounces. Uh, obviously, uh, I think it was after that Penn State series and things uh, have just kind of been rolling. Uh, once you uh, kind of get one to go in, coming off a, you know, a little bit of a scoring slump, uh, you gain a little confidence and uh, feel maybe a little more comfortable with the puck on your tape. So I think that was probably a, a big thing. And uh, fortunately, I've uh, kept it going for a couple weeks uh, with, uh, you know, and also been clicking with my line mates. Are you able to use the week off to your advantage or were you able to use it to your advantage? Yeah, we were able to get some good rest. Uh, we, uh, you know, kind of turned it into a normal week with uh, practicing, practicing on Sunday to get, the, you know, the normal four days of practicing. Uh, but uh, obviously it's, uh, you know, get to this point in the season, it gets to be a little bit of a grind. So uh, uh, having a, the week off before such a big series, uh, I think, is uh, going to help us. But we got to make sure we stay sharp. What do you think of that CCM line for Michigan? Uh, obviously they're just extremely talented, I think. I'm not positive. I, I think they're the three leading scorers in the country. Uh, they uh, obviously are, uh, you know, are extremely good with each other as well. So they feed off each other um, uh, very well, and you know they can score in a lot of different ways, which uh, makes them hard to defend. Uh, as far as they can score on the rush, they can grind you down. Uh, you know, pucks in front of the net, uh, scoring from far out. Uh, they can kind of do everything. So they're the premier uh, college hockey line right now, and it's uh, going to be a great test uh, for I am sure. Uh, you know, a couple sets of D and a couple lines to play against them. Well, you'll probably up against those guys. Have you thought much about what you have to do? Um, I think uh, I don't got to – I just can't overthink it. You know, they're just – it's another game. Uh, I think if I get become too defensive, that makes me a little bit ineffective on the way I play. Or if I focus on anything too big individually, like, you know, trying to go, you know, one-on-one -on -one individually with the center or stuff like that, I think uh, it doesn't, uh, you know – tend to turn out too well for the team entirely. Uh, so I don't, I don't think there's one thing to focus on. Obviously, we're going to have to keep a third forward high when we're in the offensive zone that's to make sure we don't give up uh, too many odd men rushes to that, that line and even even the whole team. So uh, there's not uh, one thing I think we're focusing, focusing on going in the weekend against, the, you know, as you said, the C, uh, CCM line. So uh, uh, we're just going to have to battle uh, for maybe a little bit extra when they're out there. Minnesota's leading the Big Ten right now, but you're also uh, on the bubble for the NCAA tournament. How are the team trying to balance the two? What emphasis is placed on what? I mean, obviously, if we, uh, you know, if we 
find a way to win the Big Ten, we're probably going to put ourselves in a decent spot for the pairwise. Uh, you know, all, uh, this weekend's huge. Uh, they're sitting, uh, Michigan's sitting really, uh, obviously the best for a Big Ten team in the pairwise, and uh, we've already got one win against them. And if we're able, you know, come out, come out with a couple wins this weekend, uh, that I know I don't know how the pairwise works exactly, but that might put us in a situation where we would be able to have a, a slip up in the conference tournament. Uh, but you know, we're not really too focused uh, about that right now. Uh, we just got to keep finding ways to win games, and if it comes down to having to win the conference tournament at the end of the year, uh, that's uh, you know just a challenge we're going to have to live with. Team's kind of a similar position last year. Do you take any experience from that? Uh, yeah, as far as just keeping, uh, you know, keep staying positive and, uh, you know, trying to keep that confidence uh, throughout the, the lineup, the younger guys, uh, you know, knowing that we were in the same position last year and, uh, you know, we ended up winning two uh, championships and uh, getting a, a playoff bid. And, uh, you know, just knowing uh, once you get into that uh, that NCAA tournament, literally anything can happen. So uh, we got to make sure we find our way in and uh, uh, make, uh, and I don't think uh, anyone's going to want to play us. What was the biggest difference between your Friday and Saturday games in Ann Arbor? Um, you know, I was actually watching the video on uh, both of them today, and it's, uh, you know, we were tied 2-2 two to two on Friday night and ended up losing, I think, 8-3. to three. We were tied 2-2 two to two over halfway through the hockey game, and then everything just started going downhill. Uh, you know, I think their third goal, they just uh, threw it off the glass. It bounced three or four times, and... Uh, uh, landed on one of their guys' stick. He fired off Shearzy, and uh, a rebound went right to someone on their team, or on their team's tape. So they were kind of, you know, I'm not gonna say they were just getting the bounces. That's the only reason they won and beat us uh, by such a such a substantial margin. But uh, uh, you know, things went their way. They were they outplayed us, but things were going their way that night. And the next night, uh, things weren't exactly going their way. I think uh, we controlled the pace a little bit more and uh, you know slowed down their high-powered offense. Uh, they're a team that can score in bunches. So if you can and uh, you know, limit those times that they get you know, two, three goals in a five-minute uh, margin, uh, you'll be able to have a success against this team. Coach Lucia said last night about being patient in a, in a tight game. Do you think all the close games you guys have had this season will help you in that regard? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no situation we haven't faced this season. Uh, and, uh, you know, at this point, uh, you know, we've had as much heartbreak as probably any team in the country. So, uh, you know, you know, when we get out there with a minute left, we're not going to be worried about screwing it up because, you know, we've already screwed it up before. So, uh, we, uh, you know, every situation uh, I don't think will bother us from here on in. I think uh, going through some of that adversity will really help us in the long run. How much progress has this team made as a group, and how close are you guys to, to being at your, your optimal performance? Uh, you know, I wouldn't, uh, you know, think I have a good uh, grasp of, uh, you know, how close we are. We obviously, from the first two weeks of the season, this has been for sure the most growth of any team I've been on since I've been a part of the program. Uh, you know, we started off 0-3, I think, with one goal. And, uh, you know, it felt like, uh, you know, it didn't even feel like real hockey back then. But now, you know, you start winning some games and start, you know, getting in some good battles. It starts, uh, starts to feel normal and you gain some confidence. And even throughout the year, there's not, there's not many games you can look at and say we didn't have a chance to win at any point. We lost in a lot of third period. So uh, uh, we've, had, we've pro had a ton of progress throughout the year as far as getting better as a team uh, from the freshmen uh, to the sophomores and the juniors. And uh, uh, all the way through, uh, I think uh, individually we've gotten a lot better as, far, as well as a team. University's putting in a lot of promotions, $10 standing room tickets, Beyonce tickets uh, and chuck a puck. Are you expecting a big crowd this weekend? Uh, yeah, obviously you're hoping for it. Usually it's a pretty good crowd when Michigan comes rolling in. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a huge couple games, and uh, you know it's always uh, you 
know, nice to come out to a packed building to help you get, uh, you know, maybe a little extra step that night. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, guys.